Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi there. Welcome to The Tint, a podcast dedicated to the art and science of natural style aquariums. I'm Scott Fellman, fish geek, amateur philosopher of all things aquatic, and your guide to the botanical style aquarium. Today, we're going to talk about what I like to call interpreted nature, and particularly in context of brackish water. Now, brackish water aquariums are really interesting. Uh, We've played around with the idea of what I've called an evolved brackish tank for some time now. Uh, The term evolved might seem a little bit pretentious, I guess, but I think it accurately describes our approach. Let me digress for just a second. Traditionally in the aquarium hobby, when you mention that you're thinking of a brackish water aquarium, it's provoked a little more than a raised eyebrow or maybe like a pretend level of interest from your fellow fish geeks. And I can totally see why. You know, although aquariums uh, have been playing with brackish water tanks for, you know, many, many years, in my opinion, what's been missing out is a focus on the actual habitat that we're interested in and actually how it functions. Functional. Yeah, you've heard that before. Just like what the hobby was doing in the Blackwater area for years, I think we've been collectively focusing on the wrong part of the equation for a really long time. You know, just salt and basic aesthetics. And quite honestly, the hobby knowledge base on wild brackish habitats and how dynamic they really are is really lacking. Brackish water arguably possesses a specific gravity around 1.005 to 1.010. I've actually gotten into... I was actually attacked on a forum once when I suggested the specific gravity range after reviewing probably 14 different scientific papers to try to come to the conclusion of what range it should be. And I got attacked by a hobbyist. I thought that was kind of fun. But anyway, I'm digressing. Brackish is sort of a middle ground that for decades, it's been, I guess you'd say, well-traveled, but widely misunderstood. And I played with brackish water for about 20 years in between reef keeping and my blackwater stuff and kind of researching the hobby work that's been done and the relevant scientific papers out there on the wild habitats, I've sort of made this conclusion that it's simply been an afterthought, really, for aquarists. Although there's been a good amount of information on brackish habitats, you know, for where the brackish fishes come from, in the hobby, with the rare exception of the occasional biotope uh, aquarium, we've seen sort of a distilled brackish water aquarium. We've distilled those aesthetics down to what basically amounts to white aragonite sand, a few rocks, and maybe some hardy plants. And it's been mired in that aesthetic hell for decades, if you ask me. And of course, that's why about two or three years ago, I launched what we called Estuary, our little mine of brackish water stuff for uh, aquariums. And my approach to brackish has always been a little bit different than the old throw a couple rocks and white sand, a teaspoon of salt per gallon, and add some monos and some mollies, and you're good to go. Brackish biotope idea. You know, that's kind of what's been floating around for a long time. So as you suspect, my approach is to take a look at the function and the appearance of these habitats, and then construct an aquarium that mimics these factors in a unique and hopefully more compelling way. Now, to do this, you really have to focus on replicating and understanding the very complex web of life that occurs in brackish water habitats and how you can replicate parts of it in your aquarium. 
Over time, we're gonna evolve the practice and the appreciation of these niche, just like we did with Blackwater. In fact, the approach you know we take to brackish, I think is unlike anything that's previously been taken before, but one that's pretty familiar to you as a Blackwater or tint enthusiast, as we like to call you. So we're talking about a system that embraces natural processes and functionality. It just happens to have a different aesthetic too. So it's less emphasis on a sterile white sand and crystal clear water and more emphasis on a functional representation of a tropical brackish water ecosystem. That is muddy, nutrient rich and stained a bit from tannins from mangrove bark. Beautiful in a very different yet oddly compelling way. So we're talking about a tinted brackish water aquarium. And it all starts as you suspect with the mangrove. Now mangroves are trees which grow at the water's edge. They have these roots that are either submerged or very wet most of the time, which makes them the perfect habitat for all sorts of aquatic life forms, mussels, oysters, crabs, fishes, etc., etc. They draw oxygen from the air through small areas of spongy tissue in their bark. Very unique. I've been obsessed with these trees for years. I was a guy who on a surf trip to the South Pacific would bring along his dip net and a swing arm hydrometer to wade into some insect infected, sometimes smelly, decidedly nasty, mucky part of the swampy estuary to conduct a little amateur field research in between surf sessions much to my the chagrin of my travel companions who were like what are you doing and yeah i did get a few bug bites from time to time totally worth it i mean what's not to like about a mangrove right and seeing them in context is like a huge thing for the natural aquarium enthusiasts like me mangroves are what botanists call halophytes they're plants that thrive under salty conditions and they love high nutrient substrates so In many of these brackish water estuaries where they occur in the tropics, the rivers nearby deposit silt and mud, which generates nutrients, algae, and tons of small organisms in the form uh, of bacteria and um, microcrustaceans, and that forms the base of the food chain. The food chain is very similar to what we've been talking about quite a bit over the years in our botanical-style blackwater cramps, fungi, bacteria, epiphytic life forms, etc. Now, mangroves are pretty cool, and they're easy to sprout from the seed pods, which are known more accurately as propagals. We'll discuss the handling, the securing, the sprouting of mangrove propagals in some future installment. But for now, suffice it to say, they are really interesting trees. The nutrients the mangroves seek now lie in this surface of the mud. So it's deposited by the tides. And since there's essentially no oxygen available in the mud, there's no point in the mangroves sending down these really deep roots. Instead, they send out what are called aerial roots. And that's what gives them their cool appearance, by the way. They sort of looks like they're hanging in the mud, kind of gives them the appearance of walking on water. And we're just scratching the surface here on mangroves. Again, we'll talk about how to grow them and sprout them at another time, but I wanted to kind of whet your appetite about that. And of course, where you have trees, you have leaves. And where you have mangroves, you have mangrove leaf litter. Now, as a company, Tannin Aquatics has offered dried leaves of the red mangrove, known as Rhizophora mangle for several years now and it's proven pretty popular with our community just like you know catapa guava or these other leaves now mangrove leaf litter just like in the freshwater environments it it facilitates the growth of all the bacteria the fungi and those other life forms that contribute to that food chain in the wild and in the aquarium and if we allow it to accumulate decompose and contribute to the biological uh, richness (laughs) why did i say reference i have no idea the richness of our brackish water aquariums as part of the food chain is really interesting. Oh, and by the way, it adds tint to the water, right? Because it ha- the, these leaves have tannins. And since we're talking about materials accumulated on the substrate, why don't we touch briefly on the composition of, of a substrate in a brackish water aquarium? 
Now there's a lot to be learned from the composition of, of the various substrates where you'll find mangroves, much like we've learned about blackwater substrates and freshwater habitats. And many of these habitats, the mud layers actually peat. Sometimes it's like as much as three meters deep and it's overlaid with a shallow, and I mean shallow like, like half a meter of sand. And mangrove soils have a real high concentrate of organic matter, and they're really very common in those types uh, of habitats. Now, I can't help but think that planted aquarium people, those of you that are into aquatic, freshwater aquatic plants, would be a huge help in sort of understanding and evolving the materials and processes that we need to recreate this habitat in our tanks. Now, in my personal blackwash water aquariums, I've assembled various substrates over the years. The one I'm working with right now is a substrate that's sort of interesting to look at, and it mimics to some extent the composition and function of those found in the wild. Now, I realize that for many, many hobbyists, using straight-up mud in your tank is going to be challenging at best, disastrously messy at the worst. So I kind of came up with a combination of less what I'd call temperamental materials that you can use to construct your sort of substrate. I started with uh, a couple of the finer commercially available substrates. Um, there's what are called marine biosediment products. One's made by Carib Sea, the other one is made by Kent Marine. Uh, these were formulated to mimic the mineral composition and substrate size of the materials found in, in near reef environments or estuaries. So I love these products. They're a really great starting point. They've been around for a, quite a few years. You can find them at most marine uh, aquarium supply um, companies. Now, the average particle size of the, the minerals is really similar to the natural reef sediments that you find in, in these seagrass beds and mangrove estuaries and lagoons, which are pretty epic too, and maybe one day we'll get working on those. What I did, I digress, of course, and what I did is I mixed a small amount of pond soil and uh, into that, that biosediment material and gives, gives the mangrove some good nourishment when the roots you know, would touch down. I also mixed some planted aquarium substrate that was ground up quite a bit. Uh, for the next layer. And for that, I used Ultim Nature Systems Control Soil. It's a product that I'm just loving right now. Um, and it really has a neat look and a, a, a feel and a, a nice acidic uh, base for plant growth. And um, I wanted to top it with something. I was like, what could I use? Because I didn't want to have a dark substrate. I wanted to mimic the look of, of a typical mangrove um, thicket, which has a sort of a mucky, muddy look. But I realized in the aquarium, it's kind of it's going to be really dark if I go too, too dark. So I uh, used one of my go-to substrates. It's called Carob Sea Sunset Gold. And it creates a sort of a little bit of a brighter look, which uh, actually is very similar to some of the estuaries that I've played around in over the years. So works out really well. It's a perfect topper for a real rich, muddy substrate. Keeps it down and looks cool. Now, I've heard the warnings you know, from people attempting to, that, uh, you know, attempting to replicate a habitat the way I'm doing it is not going to work. It won't work in a brackish tank. It's going to create anaerobic conditions, too much nutrient or ionic balance. Tinted water means it's dirty and unstable, etc., etc. Kind of heard that all before in the freshwater game, haven't we? Yeah, it does sound familiar. So just like when I was starting our vision of a botanical-style blackwater aquarium or clearwater aquarium, whatever you want to call it, I heard a lot of people protesting, warning me and criticizing me, you know, uh, Many of these were well-meaning people, and some were not so well-meaning, but some were hobbyists who've never even kept a brackish water tank. You know, it's great we look at stuff critically, but we also need to follow our instincts and feel free to experiment once in a while and play our hunches. Risks are always present when you're trying new stuff. Yet taking risks in the face of critics is one way we advance the hobby, isn't it? 
and there's a lot more to unpack here. There's so much more to discuss. I've been uh, maintaining this current brackish tank that we featured on our website, and we'll probably have it up on social media soon again. Um, this has been running for over a year, just an amazing aquarium, and I'm, I'm looking at it right now, and I love it. And it's just one of many approaches to brackish, but I think a new and exciting approach by looking at the things that we already do in the botanical style aquarium might just pique your interest in this really interesting niche. So much more to talk about, so much more to unpack. I could barely talk about it in this brief blog or in this case podcast, but let's, uh, we'll get back to this. Okay. So we haven't even talked about the fishes and the other organisms you can keep. Yeah. We could just go on and on. I just wanted to kind of tempt you and get you, uh, thinking about this environment and thinking about it in a slightly different way. A lot more to come on this. So stay salty, stay curious, stay creative, stay excited and stay wet till next time. This is Scott Fellman. Thanks for stopping by. Hope you got some inspiration Feel free to hit us up if you have any questions. Thanks again.